prefer if I have my money, I buy dress, I buy my jacket. I don't like send my money to buy food, no, no. So you're saying you'd rather wear clothes than eat? Yeah. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Mental Mood Board podcast, where I use this podcast as a tool to vocalise the mood board of my mind. I am your host, LaPose McTryboy. I don't know why I'm giving you my full government. I'm clearly very nervous. I guess this is where some nice rosé comes to help me. Mm. It's nice and sweet. It's called Turner Road Reserve White Zinfidel. Let's do some ASMR. <laughs> it tastes nice and sweet. It is really good. I'm hoping that will give me a bit of a buzz, a bit of a confidence boost. Do not rely on Alki Pops, my beautiful, beautiful people. But anyway, I am here to shoot the shit, to just talk absolute nonsense to you guys. Well, what I feel is nonsense, but like I said, talk about the mood board of my mind. First topic of discussion that I would like to discuss, which is very heavy for the first ever episode, is Rossism as the YouTube and all these different social podcasts, social, what you call it? Social medias, like us to call it, because we're being censored everywhere. I remember in 2012 when um, there was this big thing going on in the Americas. I think it was like SOPA, SOPA. And I know this because I was a big TDE head back in the day. And I remember Schoolboy Q and um, Absol made a song about it, SOPA. So it was basically like this organization that wanted to, um, I was gonna say copyright infringement. What do you call it? But anyway, so yeah, basically it was just, it was SOPA that was trying to stop the people from saying what they wanted to say, basically blocking freedom of speech on the internet. And that has already come into place. I never thought it would. Something that has been on my mind these past couple of days is the state of the world, free Palestine first and foremost, but I've been feeling a lot of guilt because I know, as the saying goes, people have got their own problems. There's a lot more problems going on in the world. Why are you so concerned about this, that and the other? I've also got my life to live and my life is not peaches and creams at the moment. I am a creative. Hello. <laughs> I, if you didn't know, I run my own business called Suki Suki Vintage. Mm. That rosé is good. Suki Suki Vintage where it actually started off as a vintage um, reselling business and now it's grown into where I make my own clothes and also upcycle clothing. But I was thinking, because a bitch is broke at the moment, I was thinking, LaPose, why don't you just get up and work? Why don't you just get a job and go to work? And I'm like, it's simple. I go to work, I make money. I'm less reliant on my partner for money and bills saying that, don't worry, I'll make a sale, I'll make a sale, I'll make a sale. And I'll know that at the end of the month, I'll have money. And at first I did do that. I started uh, job hunting. First I started with uh, what kind of roles? Retail roles. Cause I was like, I just wanted something quick to do. Get over and done with, do it, leave, I'm done. I'm tired for the day, yes. But I'll do that, what, three times a week? And I've got my money, maybe 800, a grand. Yeah, we talk in figures. I know people like to be shy about numbers, but let's no more uh, censoring. See, I remembered the word now. No more censorship. Pardon me. No more censoring. Let's be honest about how much we make or how much we want to make. But I was thinking, I have that. Cool. That covers our bills for the month. And then my partner was like, oh, no, LaPose, if you um, do retail work, 
you are going to be so tired and you're going to hate it. Do something that's a bit more corporate, you know, whether it's being a, um, what you call it, a secretary or I don't know, something within offices, you know, something a bit corporate. And me, I've got gems in my teeth. I've got big curly hair that I love to wear out. First and foremost, let's get that there. So I know that'll be a topic of discussion. Oh, LaPage, you got your hair out. It's so big. Why don't you just brush it? I don't want to have those conversations, Susie. All right, I wear my hair how I wear my hair. Okay, that's first and foremost, Susie. I don't know why I'm saying Susie like it's a strictly white woman name. <laughs> but anyway um I I'm and then I I was really thinking deeply I was like I'm actually very much so traumatized uh being in the workplace and I went back to 2020 before Suki Suki Vintage well I always had it but it was like a side gig I would sell on Depop sell on eBay but before that I in 2019 I was working for this modeling company that's that's all I'll say <laughs> um well, working, let me start off with working. Working, I'd always experienced like little microorganisms. What do you call it? Microaggressions. <laughs> I've always experienced microaggressions at work, whether it's about my hair, my complexion, the way I speak, you're so well-spoken, the blah, 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 blah. So I was used to that. But there was this one lady I worked for, we'll call her Patricia, uh, and she had a modeling agency. And everything was fine to begin with. But then when it came to pay, I felt like she wasn't paying me properly. And I trust my boyfriend with my dollars and my life. And when he would look at my paycheck, he was like, hmm, the salary is not matching up to um, to what you're being paid. And we did the whole 20%, uh, you know, taxes, all this and that, and it still wasn't matching. And I brought this up to her and she was like, oh, no, no, my, you know, my, um, my, what's the person that does tax? I'm talking to the mirror. What's the person that does tax? What does Paul do for you? I've just baited out my accountant, but yeah. <laughs> uh, she was like, oh, my accountant sorts out everything, so it's fine. But pre that, we had a trip to Manchester and this just put everything on the line to me. She, We were doing shoots, basically looking for models. And she says, oh, Lapose, I don't think I'll be able to pay you at the end of the month. I said, hmm, I really thought about it. I said, I've worked. Right, granted, I worked maybe two or three weeks, but even that, even if that's the case, they will give you money. But she told me she's not going to be able to pay me at the end of the month at all because of some card situations. She said apparently um, she didn't give my card details to her accountant in time. And so therefore they weren't able to like roll over or pay me. And I said, that doesn't make sense because you run the fucking business. Excuse my French, but there's going to be a lot of cursing. This is my mental mood board podcast. I talk about what's in here. So aren't you going to be able to handle that, my friend, my, my, my sweetie pie? And um, she was just like, no, it's just like an awkward thing that I can't really, you know, I can't really figure it out because, you know, it's the, it's the rollover that's made it a bit awkward. So I thought to myself, I've worked maybe two or three weeks at this point and I'm not getting anything for it. I was so upset. So throughout the shoot, I showed my ass. I showed my ass. I said, I've been putting my 110%. You think I work because I love modeling? No, I work because I love money. <laughs> I love being able to, at the time, I wasn't living with my parents, so I love being able to randomly order, um, you know, 
a food shop for them and it arrives at their house I say daddy open the door the food's up I love doing that I love being able to pay my bills on time I love being able to see money coming out of my account knowing that my bills have been paid because I have enough money to pay my bills am I making sense I enjoy that being able to pay for my lifestyle okay I don't mind paying bills just as long as I have the money to pay them so you're telling me you're not gonna pay me you ain't gonna pay she I said I'm showing my ass I was lackluster the um, a lot of people say that, you know, the pose, you're very bubbly, you're outgoing, this and that. So the attention I was giving the models, I was still doing my job, but I wasn't as bubbly. And now her bitch of a husband, yes, he's a bitch because he likes to talk a lot. He's one of those men that when you're talking, he'll interrupt you and you just have to hear him talk. Stupid ass. And on top of that, he was a bit of a racist uh, man too. What did he say to me? He, uh, he was basically talking about house party to me. And I was like, oh, I never watched House Party. Grand, mind you, this man is not black. He goes, how have you not watched House Party? You're supposed to. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, well, you know. The best thing you can do when someone uh, throws a microaggression at you is to play ignorant. I said, sir, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean I should have watched House Party? I'm not American. I was born in 1994. That came out, what, 1991? So what do you mean by that? And he just kept quiet. <laughs> That's what you do. You play ignorant. But yeah, so where was I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> money. Talking about money. So she didn't pay me. And I just, I was like, she started showing her ass to me as well. She was just like very rude to me. And my period started as well in the time of the shoot. So I was even moodier because of that. She's just like, the pie's like, I just don't really like how you've behaved on the shoot. And your period has just like made everything like uh go like piss poor or whatever. I said, you've mentioned my period, something that you experienced that I experienced. I said, no problem. We got back to London. I think I missed a day of work because I went to go have an interview at another job. And I got the job. So I went back to work the next day and, I, and she was very nosy. She was just like, oh, why wouldn't you work? So I pretended, I said, I went to the doctors. And then she said, suppose when I arrived at work, she's like, I'd like to have a talk with you downstairs. I said, no problem. We had a talk. She was like, you didn't go to the doctors, did you? I was like, no, I had an interview. To be very honest, Patricia, I'm not very happy here. And I think this was like, what, three weeks, four weeks of me being in. I was like, I'm not very happy here. So I think I was on... Um, what do you call that thing? I'm really becoming my mum in terms of forgetting words. Uh, when you're on probation, there we go. I was going to say promotion, but when you're on probation. So I was on probation, uh, I think it was like a month maybe or two months. And in the contract it said you had to work those two months of probation. And afterwards you could decide whether you wanted to leave or not. So I was willing. I was like, hey, I know it didn't work out, but I'm willing to work my probation to the end of the month. She was like, no, 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 no you've decided you're not happy here so you can leave and so I was sad I cried a bit I was like you know I'm sorry I'm sad that this didn't work because she at the moment at the time she seemed very sweet and uh a bit of trauma dump tra trauma dumping which is really bad but I kind of have this people pleasing thing which is really bad because being a firstborn daughter I'm supposed to be perfect coming from immigrant satire story here is to all the African firstborn daughters. Cheers in the diaspora because we go through it, babes. We really do. So I, I still had this people pleasing thing in me of wanting to be kind to her. So I hugged everyone. I left. And before I could even get my ass out the door, she slammed the door on my ass and on my arm. She really slammed it. 
And something in me was like, wait, 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 wait. Let me turn around and knock on this door. Because, you know, I got a bit of the dog in me. She's a people pleaser, but she got the dog in her. Don't get it twisted, okay? Don't get it twisted. So I was like, I was like, no, 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 LaPose. Because I still had some money coming in from her. I think she was going to pay me a bit more. So I said, leave peacefully. Wash my hands off of that. That was the end of the modeling gig. I then started my new job at this new company that I was happy about because it was a bit of my forte. I just finished my master's in illustration and um, this was like a an art, artistic sort of company, but it also was a bit office based as well. We'll call this company Exodus, Exodus Photography. <laughs> That's what we'll call the company. So I'm um, hired at Exodus Photography and at first I was supposed to be working, I was actually, they told me that I would work both roles. There was two roles. So I would be doing social media and I would be front facing. So talking to the artists that want to get their work printed, this, that and the other. And, um, oh, need a, a wine sip to remember some things. Oh yes. But I would more so, but I would more so be on the social media side. So um, the social media side is really cool because there was two other young people that worked there. The social media like executive manager, manager, manager on top, manager, manager on top. She was young. She was like 30, 32 years old. Really sweet, cute girl. We had a lot in common. And there was another guy uh, that worked there. He has the same name as my boyfriend so instantly I liked him he was really sweet same music taste no work husband nonsense no 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 I didn't like him like that I just thought he was really sweet you know it's just those people that you just find really really cute and sweet and so I enjoyed working there and it was social media something that I was used to but then the other side of it is uh, I think some days I had to work front facing with uh three other people so there was head honcho we'll call her Liza, so head honcho Liza, she was the head of everyone at the front desk. There was Ziggy that sat next to her, and there was oh, another guy sat next to me. I need to remember these names. What was that? <laughs> I've even forgotten? Liza, Ziggy, and Biggie. Yeah, Liza, Ziggy, Biggie. I think that will work for me. So, Liza, the head honcho woman, Ziggy, the one that worked next to Liza, really okay kind of guy and then biggie who sat next to me who was the sweetest most kind overachieving man i have ever met he was so sweet he was white but he was south african so i guess we kind of connected there i'm not south african southern african so there were some terms that he was using i was like i've heard that before sir <laughs> she may be diaspora but she diaspora a little bit <laughs> so i got along with uh biggie a lot more me and ziggy would talk a bit but with Lizzie, homegirl, um, she was an East End girl, you know what I mean, in her 60s. So you know she racist. <laughs> East End, racist, white woman, and you got blonde hair? She was racist. And there was a lot of racist things that were said to me. Now let's get into head honcho, the men that owned the uh, Exodus photography. Uh, it was two Asian men, so a South uh, Asian man, Southeast Asian man and an East Asian man. Now the Southeast Asian man, I was like, okay, you know my brown brother, you know, you running this business, I think you're going to be more respectful of me because you know we both brown, we both in this or whatever. Tell me why he was very racist to me. He was so racist to me. There were certain things he would say to me. He'd be like, um, 
Oh, Le Pose. So I lived very close next to Exodus Photography. I lived less than five minutes away. It would be like a three minute walk from me. And he, they knew that. That's why they hired me on the spot because they knew that I'd be able to work with them, get to work there quickly, even though sometimes I'd be late. But when you live near the school, you're going to go to the school quick or slow. I took my time. Malembe, malembe. Slowly, slowly. I take my ass to work. <laughs> Uh, so that's why they hired me, but also because I'm fucking fantastic and I've got the personality of 12,000 personality peoples, okay? Um, so they hired me, uh, left model woman, and, um, oh yeah, what he said to me was, what did he say? He's, he was talking, 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 and he goes, oh, Lepose, um, so when you go back home to Peckham, yeah, then, you know, you'll be able to blah, 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 and I was like, I knew, I said, okay, pick them. Lots of Nigerians, lot of black people. This is where he's going. I said, no problem. Play ignorant. I said, peck them. Uh, let's give head honcho Southeast Asian boss a name. We'll call him Zen. I said, peck them, Zen. I, um, I just live down the road. I, that's why you hired me. He goes, no, you don't get it because there's lots of a... Oh, never mind. I said, oh, fixed you because you tried. Am I supposed to giggle at your racist joke? Now, if I come here and say something about my about my Asian brothers and sisters, you call me racist. But you can say about me because you're head honcho. Anyway, there was just a lot of racism from him and from her. And uh, Lizzie, head honcho, she, uh, she said a lot of racist things around me. I remember there was a client that came in, her client. And kind of, they were just chatting, you know, being cordial. And the client was like, oh, so, like, where are you from, Liz, uh, Lizzie? And she goes... Mm, that's good. She goes, oh, I'm originally from Woodgreen, but then we moved down to the East End, you know, when I was a bit... When I was, like, 10 years old or whatever. And we moved because, like, as soon as the Blacks moved into Woodgreen, it just went to absolute shit. I said, okay, first you've... One thing I hate about anyone in customer service or any client facing roles is when you swear. Whether you're swearing to a client or I'm the client and you're swearing to me, it grinds my gears. It's like, turn on that professionalism. Yes, you can be cordial. You can have jokey jokes with your clients or cust or if you work in customer service, but don't swear to me or at me. That puts me off. So I was like, disgusting. Second of all, blacks. <laughs> and when I tell you this man turned around, white man, looked at me, and I knew he was looking at me and I averted my look. I said, sir, I'm just trying to get paid. I'm just trying to get paid. And he goes, Lizzie, I don't think it was their fault, really. I'll just, you know, she's like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, as soon as the blacks moved in, it all went to shit. And I, I said, there's no way you can be live 60 something years on this earth and forget there's a black woman in the room. You were doing that to let me know that you do not like me. You don't like, like my people. And another thing she would say to me was, oh, LaPose, you're... Because I've... Listen, I don't feel shy. During the interview, slicked bun. As soon as I got the job, Afro out. I don't give a fuck. She goes, your hair's very nice. I said, thank you. She goes, uh, she goes, it's a bit different, isn't it? It's like, it's like really, like, you know, it's better. And I said, better than what? She was like, oh, it's good. Or better than, I think she was trying to say. And I was like, what do you mean by that? She get, oh, and I tell you, her eyes literally went like this. And she looked down and she stopped talking. You know when someone remembers, oh, shit. She literally, 
and this is this is my boss by the way my manager lizzie top manager she looked down to remember shit now story number three of rossism this is the last one the last story is sorry let's let's sip a little bit the last story is oh shoot oh yeah so the social media person that i was working with by the way by this time um i was full-time at the at the front desk i was no longer doing social media they'd hired someone else which i highly regret i was kind of pushed into doing it i was tricked into working front desk full-time which really pissed me off and i would just find myself journaling about getting out of here whether it's my youtube career popping off or suki suki vintage popping off i hoped and i dreamed for it to happen it did but success is like this and right now i'm in my <laughs> like i don't know if you can go lower than the flat line but that's how i feel like i am at this moment but hey that's the story of all creatives i noticed that i feel really bad uh talking about my decline on the internet because everything is happy and rainbows and i feel like if i talk about it that people won't like me talking about it and they won't tune in to my podcast but this is my life i love my life this is my life and right now i'm on, i'm a bit i'm on the flat line flat line ain't nobody buying my shit but they are but they ain't so uh shit this is this is why i need a podcasting partner because i be forgetting shit what was we talking about oh yeah the last racist thing that she said to me so uh or in front of me rather so the lovely social media manager that i was working with the young one she comes in she's like oh i fucking hate dpd drivers and then lizzie was like oh yeah i know what they're like and she goes was was the dpg she oh first social media guy was like yeah he threw my parcel and i was just like so pissed off that he threw my parcel i was like have a bit more respect you don't know what's in there she's like and lizzie was like yeah i know what i know what they're like was he was he ma'am there's a negress in the room what do you mean i know what that means all white people throughout time within england do terrified to a black person black you don't know that when you go black it makes it worse just say oh are they black or african-american <laughs> in this england i'm an african suppose you african-american yeah that's right <laughs> today i am and she goes and then um homegirl who obviously was racially aware and i was like this is a bit disgusting was like uh sorry i don't what did you say i said yeah i like you this is why i wanted to work with you she goes what did you say was he what and she goes you know i said go finish and she goes i don't think that has anything to do with it she walked off and then homegirl lizzie looks at me because she obviously knows that i know what the fuck you're saying homie and she goes well you know you know what they're like I said, you know what they're like? I am one. I'm an egress, yes, yeah, so I know what we are like. She's like, you know what they're like? And I just kept quiet. I was just like, okay, homie. And there was just so much racism and so many microaggressions that trigger warning. I thought that if I ended, if I worked in this place forever or ended up working for someone else and experienced the same thing, I would just off myself. 
and it kind of makes me want to cry right now because whoa we're not doing that not in our first podcast <laughs> and I'm hormonal on my period but I really thought if life is just about working until you die and being a black woman and not being ashamed of my hair or my heritage or where I'm from I'm going to experience this all the time and I really thought to myself I just want to end it all if I'm just living to work I really want to end it all. And then the panini happened. <laughs> the pantogram happened. The um the COVID outbreak happened. People lost their lives, which was really sad. And it really hurts me to say this. But I thrived during that moment because I was put on furlough. So I was getting money. So I had all this free time. I jumped back on YouTube. I started selling on Suki Suki Vintage. People uh, started noticing me more. Uh, George Floyd, unfortunately, was killed. May he rest in peace. And that's when people started promoting Black-owned businesses. That's when I blew up. And it kind of hurts me that it took a Black person to die in order for people to notice my business. It's butterfly effect. I'm telling you, that man's death impacted my life in a positive way, which is so fucked up. But that's literally the butterfly effect me it's so funny because me sitting here right now in this room with these lights with this camera I could be without knowing affecting someone's life bro not saying you know I'm this magical healer that's like I'ma bless you through these camera through this camera and you gonna change your life no 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 <laughs> I'm just saying you know butterfly effect I truly believe that uh everything affects everything ripple ripple bro but yeah coming back to where how I started this conversation I have all this trauma from work from working for others and being a black woman within the workplace within corporate Britain if you will that I just do not want to work for anyone and it's so detriment detrimental to me right now because I need that outsourced money my business isn't feeding me as it should and I just need I know I need to go out there but there's something in me that's like just stick to it do something else start a podcast um upcycle your clothes more come out with new designs yeah but I need the money for material so it just comes back to money all the time and I know that I should push past it and I should just get a flipping job pose, you jobless bitch <laughs> but I'm I I mentally I'm like there's a mental block there that's just I canny do it I canny do it but yeah next topic of discussion let's get out of all that sadness is pop culture gems so um as of recent well not as of recent but what I tend to do is whenever I'm on my period or any time really but it's mostly when I'm on my period I'll obsess over a certain celebrity a certain cartoon just something within pop culture that's very like ultra feminine because it just feeds my eyes and my mind and my imagination and what I did is I went back to my childhood and I started watching Barbie and the Rockers the cartoony film <laughs> it was a 1980s Barbie film that came out I think directly to video and they did it I found out to compete with Gem and the Holograms they basically boosted the Barbie and the Rockers toy and film because they knew Gem and the Holograms was coming out. So they kind of wanted to make it seem as if Gem and the Holograms had copied Barbie and the Rockers, but that was the other way around. 
And I was watching this documentary a couple of years ago on it. I think it's called uh, Toys That Change the World or something like that on Netflix. And this woman, I think she was a representative for Mattel. And she was so proud of herself. She was like, and we made it seem as if Gem and the Rockers, Gem and, Gem and the Holograms copied Barbie and the Rockers. And she was smiling. I said, look at corporate evil, corporate evil in the flesh, smiling at taking someone's creative idea and making you your own. Honestly, this corporate landscape is so evil, super evil. And so anyway, it just reminded me of that. But I was watching Barbie and the Rockers and it's such a comfort for me because I remember the first time my parent, the day my mom and dad bought it for me, I was with my mom. We'd gone to the filling station. We were living in um, Lordship Lane at the time. Yeah, she's a, she's a Tottenham raised by Tottenham. <laughs> I don't claim it though. I'm just saying that's how I was raised. Please don't say you are big, you are big. People were born places, please, okay? So <laughs> we, were living, we were living in Lordship Lane at the time. We went to um, the filling station. Um, my mom was filling up some gas and then outside of the filling station was like um was like a like a cupboard i would say a cupboard of uh uh videotapes this was 1998 so videotapes videotapes i'm just looking at them and i just saw barbie pink and i remember the cover like it was yesterday it's just this pink neon pink background with a barbie doll in the middle standing like this barbie and the rock is standing in the middle like this and i said i don't know my little four-year-old mind was like i don't know what the fuck that is it's pink and it has Barbie on it. I want it. I was like, mommy, mommy, can you buy me? Can you buy me this Barbie video? And she was like, yes, because in the 90s, we had it like that. Okay, <laughs> we had it like that. She bought me the videotape. I took it home and my mind was blown. I was so happy that it was a cartoon to begin with, first of all. But the colours, the costume design, the songs, the songs were actually so good in Barbie and the Rockers. Don't play with it, don't play with it. I think because obviously most of them, most of the songs were covers or some of the songs were covers and the rest of them were originals. But I don't know who the songstress is that sang Barbie and the Rockers and all the other songs, but she killed the a lot of those songs. They're so synth pop 80s, but they're so good. I unironically go on youtube and listen to the songs the soundtrack unironically because it is it's so good even the covers of like songs from like the 50s or 60s i listen to i listen to because it is so good even if they did steal an idea but yeah if you haven't watched barbie and the rockers please watch it it is online right now just go on youtube and type in barbie and the rockers it's about a 45 minute length video and it's my absolute favorite i go back to it all the time it makes me feel so cozy and warm and the songs one of my favorite two of my favorite songs so there's reaching for the stars there's something inside of you you just can't explain it's such Oh my gosh, even though it's like a childish cartoon, that song, the words about reaching for the stars is so flipping empowering. And then there's Best Friends, which my mom and my cousins, I taught because I would watch the video constantly. So whenever they see me, <laughs> they sing Best Friends, even to this day, because I love the heck out of that song. How does it go? So many things we share with one another. There is nothing that I would not do for you. I don't know the lyrics this part. No friends could ever love each other nah, nah, forever. We will be true. It's not hard 
to explain Cause we're best friends That's what we'll always be Best friends No one but you and me Love the mess out of that song it's so so good all the music is so good but yeah barbie and the rockers has been in my mental mood board as of late oh my gosh am i subconsciously living my barbie moment mm. this uh, this lovely lovely jumper is senja by maddie really gorgeous let's go to our ad break this portion of the video is sponsored by suki suki vintage do you love whimsical gorgeous fashion are you size extra extra small to 8XL? Well, I have the perfect clothing brand for you. Suki Suki Vintage. Designs made by a beautiful Congolese. <laughs> Designs made by a beautiful Congolese woman. Diaspora baby. Weirdo. And ready for your enjoyment. She's my favourite. So please, support a black-owned, woman-owned business. Suki Suki Vintage. That's sukisukivintage.com. Use code SSVINTAGE for 15% off your order. That's code SSVINTAGE for 15% off your order. Thank you for listening. <coughs> right, that was my little ad break. What did you guys think? Was it profesh? Ah, love it. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like so good at this. Ooh, let's get into something else that's been in my mental mood board. Talk to me. Oh. <laughs> this is what I call sexy horror. <laughs> Might change the name, but for now, we're going to call it sexy horror. Oh, that's good. Talk to me. I watched this film about a week or two weeks ago with my boyfriend. I've been wanting to watch it for months. The amount of American YouTubers I have seen promoting this film. It's a good film. It's a good film. I've wanted to watch countless reviews or from my favourite uh, commentators because a bitch loves a visual essay, okay? So I wanted to watch and listen to my favourite commentators and what they had to say on it. But I knew it would be full of spoilers. So I held back. I said, girl... Once you watch this film, just remember you're going to have tons of people talking about this film. And what I love to do is after I watch a horror film or any film that like piques my interest or opens up my mind, I'm going to watch about 20, 50, 100 limb, pardon me, 50 limb videos about said film. That's just how I am. I get so engrossed. If I'm really passionate about something, I want to hear any person's opinion on it. Susie, Jackie, Philly, uh chunks <laughs> i don't know why they came to my head anyone any person's uh different perspective on it i want to listen to it i don't know if it's because again i love my visual essays so i love hearing different perspectives and uh how people interpret themes of things but talk to me was so amazing now this portion, I'm sorry, is going to be full of spoilers. I'm not going to be the type of bitch that gives you the whole synopsis of the film. I'm just going to give you a brief summary, which is a bunch of teenagers get high off of communicating with the dead through a hand, a hand that may be a medium's or a Satanist hand who was able to communicate with the dead. So in death, it's been embalmed and that said hand is used to communicate with the dead. Now, for a couple of seconds, uh, the dead person, so you hold the hand and you say talk to me and you'll see a dead person right in front of you 
and that's the dead person that's going to enter your body if you say the words I will, is it, I let you into me or I let you in I think yeah I let you in that's it I let you in and that uh spirit will possess your body for 90 seconds well it's supposed to be for 90 seconds if it goes over 90 seconds you're screwed us that spirit will be haunting you for a couple a little while a little while so give up be careful <laughs> be careful <laughs> Uh, be very careful. So that's a summary of the film. I'm not going to go into the whole synopsis because I'm so sorry, but is it found flicks or films explained? One of these YouTube channels, he, homeboy will run through the whole film. I'm talking about from start to finish. It's like, bro, I just want to know the themes and how you interpret the themes and what the end of the meaning that the ending of the film means, because that's all we want to know. Okay, we're not wanting to know. Then Susie jumped into the castle and then Bobby came and he filled the castle with jelly beans. We know that. We saw the film, bro. Explain. Explain. <laughs> but anyway, how I interpret the film. Let's go into, into one particular scene that is in my mind. And it's the ending where she obviously, trigger warning, commits suicide. She throws herself into, like, on top of a car. And she's been killed by the car. Then everything kind of turns to black. Or she's back and she's in the hospital. She sees that her best friend's brother has healed. He's no longer possessed. And then, baby girl, she sees her dad in front of her. And this part made me so sad because I'm very close to my dad and I love him. And homeboy was kind of dressed like my dad. And I was like, oh my gosh, daddy. I'm calling for my dad and he can't hear me. That was kind of triggering. I can't lie. I'm calling for my dad and he can't hear me. Bad dream. Nightmare fuel. Because as soon as I, listen, as soon as I call my daddy, my daddy, what's up, baby girl? What did you? Okay, he picking up the phone. But homeboy was not turning back. She's like, dad, she's obviously dead. Sorry, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. Hey, bitch, you my co-host. I'm my co-host. She's calling for her dad. Dad, dad, dad. You know, what's poppin'? What's really good, daddy? And he wasn't turning around. So he keeps walking, 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 ignoring her. He walks to the left now. <laughs> this is when I get into my evangel... Uh, what is he? Pastor head shake. You know, when you feel the spirit. <laughs> uh, evangelical. That's it. <laughs> the words be sleeping. Evangelical head shake. And he takes the lift, or the, oh wait, not Escalo, was it lift? Walks into the lift, and you see the little light at the top of the lift, and it goes up. Now, if you're exiting a hospital, I've never exited, I've been to hospitals many a time, okay? Because people get sick, it's sad, you know? And whenever you want to leave the hospital, what number you press, what button you press, baby? You press Zion. You press the sound because you're trying to leave. You ain't going up. The lift goes up for him. And remember, trigger warning, homegirl, when she was possessed by the, the water spirit, eh, mami water. Literally, that was a mami water spirit. Uh, the mami water uh, basically convinced her that her dad was possessed. So homegirl, boom, stabbed her dad in the neck with a pair of squeezers. At the point? And then her best friend, obviously, bas I don't want to explain too much, but basically her best friend comes home and finds her, her homie's dad with a stab wound to the neck. 
that's all we see. We don't see her take him to the hospital. We just see homegirl run and try to save her little brother because possessed black girl is what is trying to kill her brother. So we don't know. We don't know if she's helped the dad. If she's taken the dad to um the hospital to try and help him. Nothing. We don't know any of that, which is crazy. And so the only time we see her dad is he's better. This is, oh my gosh, I'm such a hormonal babe. He's better. And he takes the lift upwards, meaning he's dead. And he's going to his final resting place, which could be heaven. And homegirl is stuck in limbo, covered in darkness. And someone reaches their hand out with a, with a candle and says, talk to me. She grabs the hand and she's pulled into the light. And that's the end of the film. When I tell you this was a beautiful ending to a film, but so deep because she's constantly going to be searching for that light. And the only way she can get it is if she possesses people and becomes, in essence, an evil spirit like the mummy water that entered her. That's the only way she's only ever going to get light is by possessing someone. Because if she, if the only time she's able to see light is when the candlelight is lit for the ritual, for the talk to me ritual. That's the only time she sees light. And you're going to go towards that light. So in a sense... It's so, oh my goodness, not me explaining at the, and realizing things at the same time. In a sense, that high that they were looking for, the talk to me, getting that high, in death, she's looking for that high again, but light, because without that light, she's covered in darkness. I have been your pastor, Pastor LaPose, and that's the end of my sermon, okay? I ate that. Don't act as if I didn't eat that because I ate devoured. Scraped the plate. Licked it up. And you know I did. And you know I did. <laughs> and you know I did. Get the, uh, uh, uh. Sit break. Sit break. Oh. Ooh, let's play a game. This game is called What Song Describes Your Personality? Or Actually, yeah, what song describes your personality? And shout out to my cousin because uh, when we were drunk and we were drinking or whatever, she came up with this game. She's like, oh, play a song that describes your personality. Shout out to you, Cassie, okay? And I remember when we played that game, I... <laughs> I was trying to be weird, quirky, Aquarius LaPose. And I played uh, Kerosene by... Oh my gosh, not me forgetting his name, but it's a Diana Gordon-featured song with Eve something, bro. Oh my goodness. Kerosene. Give me a second, bro. I need kerosene. That's it. It's by Eve's Tumor and uh, featuring um, Diana Gordon, which is my absolute favorite alt babe. I love that woman. Oh my gosh. I hope she's feeling better. I, if, if you're listening, Diana, hopefully one day you will. I'm big enough. I'm glad you're feeling better. I can't wait to hear what you've what you want to give us, what you want to bless us with. I'm ready for it. But yeah, I played that song and it's a very rock, like very like 60s, 70s rock song. It's so 
gorgeous. Like, it's just sonically amazing. That song had nothing to do with me. Okay, nothing to do with my personality. I just thought it was a cool last song. I wanted to show y'all motherfuckers. She ain't just the R&B and hip-hop bitch, okay? She get down with the alt babes, too. Too. Okay, from Baltimore. Too. So I played that. And I played the music video. T- and we're with my niece. And tell me why are we seeing boobies and, and blood and shit? Because I watched the music video. I just listened to the song. Bad choice. But anyway, if I was to pick a song, if I was to pick a song that described my personality, I wouldn't have one. I really wouldn't have one. But a song that describes my situation, I have that song. Let me type it up for you. Give me a second. It's called Same Floor by India Sean. Now, I watch enough podcasts to know that you don't play other people's music in your shit. You don't. You don't. So I'm going to read you the lyrics. And it's definitely describing how I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, with my, um, you know, how my creative life and my business life is going. So let's read the lyrics. Should I sing? Should she do a little, little one, two, three for you? No, no, no. Let's do some spoken word. Let's, let's make it a spoken word thing. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is LaPose Mike Triboy, and I will be performing Same Floor by India Sean. <laughs> so, verse one. It's like 2K, but the game over. Tap down, but I can't put down the controller. I pay for it on the inside. That's some payola. New car that I might drive just to keep going. Don't know what I need, knowing. My profession, an obsession. Think I'm way too fucked. Give me heaven. Just a second of a different buzz. I be getting high. I don't I don't smoke, by the way. Don't do any drugs. Never done drugs in my life. Only drug I know is this. And ibuprofen when I'm on my period. But anyway. I be getting high to try to find... But don't know what I came for. And every time I come down, I end up on the same floor. And if I decide to fly, but I'm looking for a bit more, every time I come down, I end up on the same floor, same floor. Mm. That first verse and the chorus hits me so hard. Because let me, let me tell you the, 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 the lyric that really hits me. My profession, an obsession, think I'm way too fucked. Give me heaven, just a second of a different buzz. And that's how I feel. My profession, being a designer, sewing, creating, designing new clothes, it's an obsession. I am in my studio, this room that you see us in right here now, if you're watching the visual podcast, about 18, maybe 16 hours a day. I don't spend time with my boyfriend, his family, his dog. I don't spend time with myself properly. Like, not being surrounded by things that are creative and make me happy. Because I'm just obsessed with trying to make it. Making that design that will put four grand in my in my account this month. Trying to make a TikTok that will give me lots of followers and lots of sales like this one tiktok did but then it got blocked because a nipple was showing fuck i had like 30k likes but i'm trying to find that high again and i know a lot of artists say that you don't go chasing the same buzz or chasing your last uh album that went number one go for something new create something new 
and I just keep I keep trying to chase that that one successful thing and I look at my life and I say how come other girls know what they're doing how come they got money how come they got sales do I know this for a fact no but it seems like it bitches are going on holiday bitches are buying looks like a thousand to two thousand pounds worth of stock and I can't even buy a dress for 10 pounds off vintage I can't even buy a new winter coat it's complicated it's not but it is at the same time and so those lyrics hit me so hard and I only I make sure that when I'm feeling motivated and happy I don't listen to this song because I'll cry <laughs> I feel demotivated but when I'm in that in that mind space of fuck I'm so obsessed with what I'm doing right now but I just I end up on the same floor I just end, end up in the same position every time I try to find to do better or stick to what I'm doing I just end up on the same floor and um yeah that's just how I feel at the moment and um I did something I haven't done in a while. I expressed myself on the internet. I make sure not to do it on my business page because bitches don't really give a fuck, honestly. Or my personal because bitches don't really give a fuck. So I turned to the next best thing, threads. It would be Twitter, but Twitter has become so fucking mean. So mean. I cannot tweet nothing on that fucking platform. 2021, I tweeted myself doing the Busset Challenge. Tell me why people are calling me all kinds of animals, uh, this that and the other calling me animated characters this that, and the other. i said jesus i blocked everyone blocked everyone blocked everyone i can't post anything on that fucking platform so when threads came i say hello but let's go into what i tweeted on threads i actually tweeted this yesterday a full day ago so this is what i said i'm in an awkward space in my business slash entrepreneurial journey i'm gaining respect in my artistry from my peers and potential customers, but not monetarily growing. I'm a one-woman company. Is this normal? Could someone tell me everything will be okay? <laughs> when my peers ask me, how is the business going? I feel as though they want me to say, it's fine, and we move on to another topic of conversation. But when I divulge a bit more information, they get uncomfortable. And the amount of responses I got, I didn't expect it. And this is from people that I don't even... that. Some of them don't follow me, ended up following me because of this. I think the key word is entrepreneurial. I think that's got, that's what got a lot of attention. But uh, Mint Biz Club said, now's the time to look for a mentor or a coach. But yes, this is normal. A great reputation will be working for you in no time though. So reputation matters, I guess. It's really important. But looking for a mentor, that's another thing I have to think about as well as applying for business loans which I did at the beginning of the year to no success applying for grants which I did again at the beginning of the year with no success there's all these things I want to do but I get stifled because I'm overthinking and I just don't end up not doing them but then looking for a mentor again I'm thinking to myself in my mind I'm like again mental mood board podcast in my mind I'm thinking if I get a mentor will I have to pay them how do I find them how will they know if I'm worthy enough will they understand my journey and where I'm coming from will they understand how it is to be a creative in both creating my designs will they know that I do not have enough money to outsource will they know any of this you know these are the things I think about and then Laura Jean messaged me all these people thank you I just want to say thank you 
to people on threads that messaged me during a time where I was feeling so low, which was yesterday. Thank you so much. But Laura Jean said, it's totally okay. We're very familiar too. And I can only tell you that very few people will actually understand how you feel. Entrepreneurship is a lonely endeavor, but if you really want to do it, you will find your inner voice that will guide you through these moments. Keep going and don't listen to anyone who has not been in your shoes for one minute. I mean that for real. Also, if you need to chat to someone, feel free to message. I'm a crybaby. I am a crybaby because I will cry. And I will not cry on my first podcast, so I will drink. But honestly, the flow of love from these strangers... The internet can be such an amazing place sometimes. Thank you so much. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you all so much. And then... The last message I got was, um, I work with two, I work with clients two plus years, and this is what they all come to me with. I'm working all hours of the day, I'm making good sales, but don't know where the money is. This is true for me, by the way. Look at your profitability, look at your profitability per offer or product, and see what is more profitable. The lay me in lace set is very profitable. Less outgoing, more coming in. I mean, less, less money spent on 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 the material <laughs> also work out how much time that product or service takes you you may need to consider a different pricing strategy outsourcing yes it can increase your profit automation and or other methods to scale happy to chat more hang in there eliza thank you the underscore flow flow underscore society thank you eliza that's been really helpful oh i forgot reading the end of my thread but i basically said to finish off my thread because I didn't finish it off. Ah, uh, is this art shit worth it? Will I be the struggling artistic cousin, sister, girlfriend forever? And for real, that's how I feel. Is this art shit worth it? Will I, will I truly just be the artistic cousin, sister, girlfriend, but broke? I pray to God that's not the case. I know with the state of the world, my creative voice shouldn't be cause for concern. But I'm literally draining my investors. The people that care for me help pay my bills and I'm not making a good return. Now, when I say my investors, I I don't. Oh, the lighting's a bit. There we go. <laughs> We're learning on the job. When I say my investors, I don't have investors, by the way. But I'm talking about the people. I learned this on the R&B Money podcast. Shout out to Tank and uh, Jay Valentine. Love you guys. Hopefully one day I'll be on there. Even though I don't ching. I don't ching on this. And hallelujah, I don't do that. But um, the investors are the people that uh, care for you, that motivate you, that, uh, yes, sometimes they'll give you money, but they're, they're there emotionally or they take time out, time out to help build you up. My investors are my parents, are my boyfriend, my biggest investor. That's why I want to get so rich and spoil that man. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, my parents, my boyfriend, my brother even my boyfriend's parents, these are the investors in my life and I feel like I'm letting them down. And I just need y'all to give me money or something. I'm trying to be a sugar baby with no sugar. <laughs> but that's that's essentially how I feel. But I also, I'm really bad at replies. I need to reply to these people that uh, spoke to me on, on uh, was it thread up Threads? <laughs> but those words of encouragement were needed and are truly appreciated and I appreciate them so so much now for our next ad break
It's La Pose here again from Suki Suki Vintage, telling you to go on sukisukivintage.com and get 15% off your next order using code SSVINTAGE. Now, as you can see, there's a gorgeous design behind me. It's coming soon, by the way. Wouldn't you love to have 15% off of this? Well, when it's out, you will. Use code SSVINTAGE on sukisukivintage.com. Oh, thank you. And we're back. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Mental Mood Board podcast. Um, I can't wait to do more of this. Let's just snip it into what I can offer you guys as a podcaster leader. I'm not going to be talking about dating. I've been in a relationship for 10 years, baby. 10 plus years. I don't know nothing about what's going on in the streets. I'm not going to tell you about what a man or a woman should be doing. Because I don't know. I'm happy. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be disrespectful, but I am. I'm happy in my relationship. The only thing I need is money. So I'm not going to be those uh, Manosphere, Womansphere podcasters. I can't do it. All I know is creativity. The mood board of my mind tells me to speak of everything creative. So taking everything that's creative in here and giving it to you guys, whether you're listening to this visually. Can you listen visually? Yeah, you can or audibly so thank you so much for tuning into the mental mood board podcast i've been your podcastee <laughs> the pose and i will see you guys again soon for another one i love you all so much take care and remember bounce that ass don't let it bounce you uh, bye <laughs> bounce it <laughs>